This is Minds and Hearts Alike, an Enneagram Influence podcast about the three processing centers of the body, the mind, the heart, and the gut, and their influence on our perspective of life, love, health, and happiness. What's up, everybody? Um, Welcome back to Minds and Hearts Alike, um, an Enneagram-inspired podcast. I have a very, very awesome philosophical, uh, spiritual um, treat for you today. Okay. And so, um, I'm going to be talking more about the, the types, the nine types, uh, the three triads and so on. And I'm going to present a case. I'm going to present my argument for why I do things the way I do, why I coach the way that I do. Of course, I am a Christian, but I'm not religious. Okay. I do not believe in the, 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 the mainstream version of the church as we see it. I do not believe in the clickishness. I do not believe in downloadable sermons. I do not believe in marketing to get people in seats. That's not the thing that I believe in. I don't believe in fog machines and I don't believe in colored lights uh, playing during praise and worship to manipulate people's emotions into a place of sadness or a place of lowliness. And I, I don't believe in manipulating them in that way and calling that and anointing. I don't believe in those things. I believe that the true influence of God is evident all around us and he doesn't need help. He just needs willing participants. He doesn't, he doesn't even need participants. He's going to do what he's going to do regardless one way or another, but the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few. So willing participants would be nice. Uh, I don't think that people need to be manipulated anyway. So that being said, um, the things that I'm going to say in this podcast today are probably going to be a little bit controversial and um, I'm already prepared. I'm 10 toes down. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about them. So, but that being said, we're going to incorporate the Enneagram into all of this because there are some things that I want you guys to understand about personality. And it goes like this. OK, on the Enneagram, there are the nine types. OK, one uh, styles one through nine and they're broken up into three groups. Uh, two, three and four is one group. Five, six and seven is another group. Eight, nine and one is another group. The two, three and the four represent the heart and their fear is guilt, shame and embarrassment. The five, six and the seven represent the mind. And their fear is fear itself. The eight, nine, and the one represent the gut, also known as the instinct. And their fear is anger. Now, if we look at this from this analogy, I'll always use this analogy. I borrowed this from uh, Dr. Jerome Wagner, and I kind of made it my own a little bit. So imagine you have nine pairs of sunglasses. And all nine pairs of sunglasses have a slightly different tint to each one. Some are a little bit more yellow, some a little bit more blue, some a little bit more red or whatever the case is, right? You have nine of these and you slip on a pair and the world takes on that particular shift, color shift, okay? As we go through life, early on in our formative years, we kind of found that one particular pair or maybe a couple different pair worked best for us. If we were in a healthy environment, then we probably have access to more pairs of glasses. We're more, I won't say access. We always have access to more lenses, but we're more likely to use other lenses to get by. If I'm trying to process something myself, I might ask myself, what would my dad do? Or what would my mom do? Or what would my sister do? 
knowing that they're all slightly different. And that's my attempt to kind of look at the world the way they would look at it. So I know the advice that they would give me in this situation right now. I have a good idea. And so that's my attempt to wear a different pair of glasses. Now, even though I externalize the source, you know, mom, dad, sisters or whatever the case is, that's still me shifting on that lens. It's my interpretation of them. So it's not them. It's me recognizing that I have the ability within me to look at things a different way. This is why so many people fall in love with celebrities. There's a way you see the world. And then there are the way that certain people see the world in such a way that it inspires you. It's like, wow, I never really thought about it like that. You didn't look through that pair of lenses, but you're seeing this other person's. Okay. Understanding that, that we have a default pair, but we have access to all nine pair. Most people, when they teach the Enneagram, they're going to tell you, oh, you're this doll, you're the, the, well, and you're a number. And uh, they'll turn around and they'll pre- preach the numbers so hard that some people mistake it for numerology very ignorantly. Uh, and that's how you know people don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so people get too deep down into the numbers. The numbers do matter because it's a starting point for a person's lens. But how that plays out turns out into so many different hundreds, if not thousands of different combinations of highs, lows, core numbers, wings and all this other stuff that, you know, you have to give people more more credit than you than we do. Uh, in the mainstream teaching of the Enneagram. Nevertheless, we have the heart center, which is all feelings. We have the mind center, which is all thoughts. And we have the gut center, which is all instinctive reactions. And so if I can paint you a picture, imagine a scale, imagine an old school scale, you know, the one with the two plates on the left and the right, and then the center column. And then you put some stuff in one of the plates and, you know, if it's heavy, you know, things, you know, it goes down. And if you put something on the other side, it balances out or, Maybe it's heavier or whatever the case is. If I can paint you a picture, I'm going to start with gut types. Gut types represent the center column. The center column bears the weight of both sides of the plates. If the left side is a little too heavy, the center column knows. If the right side is a little too heavy, the center column knows. But most importantly, without having to go deep into either plate, without having to go deep into the details, getting deep into the feelings or deep into the thoughts, the center column, the gut type, the instinctive triad, they know that something's not balanced. And so their behavior comes from the place of perceiving that this is not balanced or it's not going to be balanced or there is an injustice in the balance. Okay. And we'll talk about that later. To the right of the center column, we have the two, the three, and the four. Okay, this is the heart and the heart processes feelings and it is more biased towards feelings than it is towards thoughts. And that's why it's not the center column. The heart, the two, the three and the four represents the right side of the scale and it is weighing matters of the heart. On the left side, the five, the six and the seven is the mind and the mind is giving more weight to thought, to processing Processing is a better word. It's giving more power to processing than it is to feeling. And so its bias is towards processing information. What happens when someone is more mind-based, they give greater weight to those things that they're processing. They may be a little bit alight on the feeling side. That's one set of scales. So this scale is always shifted, skewed to the left. When someone is on the heart side, the two, three, and the four, the feeling side, this is a separate set of scales. Uh, This is a separate uh, weight, okay? And they're giving things weight to the matters of the heart. 
Okay. And so that might mean that while they're in their feelings, they're not really processing rationally or maybe they're rational, but maybe they're not logical because, because there can be a difference, I guess. All right. And then you have another set of scales and another group of people. And in this group of people, they were thing they weigh things more balanced. They're not necessarily concerned about what's in the left side or the right side of the scale. They're not really thinking about that. All they're thinking about is one side feels heavier or one side feels lighter and we need to balance this out. However, we see fit. Okay. Understanding that you have all nine types and they all kind of fall in these groups. Here's the biblical component. Now this is where this information gets good. In psychology, they tell you that a lot of the way that you see the world is a result of what you've experienced in your younger years, in your childhood years, when you were small, uh, with a parent or guardian or significant figure. And the wounds that you have are a result of how you developed during that time. I don't, I don't fully agree with that. I agree with it mostly. I don't fully agree with it because I feel the need to differentiate one thing in particular. From a spiritual perspective, not a religious there's these moments in the Bible where God said to, I believe, a prophet, maybe Jeremiah. He said, I knew you before you were in the womb. He says, before, before you had a body, I knew you. And I think that's, I think that's very powerful. But I'll give you another example. When Isaac, the father of Jacob and Esau, when his wife was pregnant and there was a lot of turmoil, in her stomach and she prayed to God and she was like, what's going on? And God reveals to her. He says, two nations are in your womb. The older will serve the younger. Now I can't remember exactly what the scripture says. I should have it up on my screen, but I don't. He says the uh, the older will serve the younger. So now at this point, Isaac's wife knew something that Isaac did not. Isaac's wife knew when they were born when they came out of the womb. And of course it says that Jacob was holding Esau's ankle as they came out of the womb. She knew from before they were born that there were going to be personality differences between those children. Fundamentally that before they had even experienced the world. And this is my point before they even experienced the world before I let them down or didn't let them down before I hurt their feelings or didn't hurt their feelings, before they experienced this trauma or didn't experience this trauma, they have a baseline personality. And this baseline personality is going to shape the way they experience the rest of their lives. And sometimes I think, I I know that it's not the intent of the science to do this. I know that it's not the intent. I'm aware. I just feel like maybe people forget as they're digesting information that you can have multiple children and you can raise them all the exact same. You can give the exact same attention, the exact same love and the exact same care. And they still turn out so very differently. And it does not help you to have a blanket approach to dealing with all of your children. Okay. Like there has to be some level of a a baseline approach. And then you take that baseline and you adapt it for each personality. For example, If someone needs hugs, you make sure that you have room to give them hugs and that you, depending on the type of person that you are from your own experiences, that you have the ability and the capacity to get in touch with that side of you so that you can give them warmth. 
because you don't want to give them hugs where they're looking for warmth. And then they have a womb of wanting to connect. And even though they're getting hugs, they're not getting affection. They're not getting warmth. Yeah, you're touching me, but I don't feel like you're here. Okay. There are some personalities, base personalities that are going to be more susceptible to that experience than a perception than, than someone like me who I didn't get a lot of hugs growing up. Not that I remember. Uh, I don't remember wanting very many. I was okay by myself. I like to be considered. I like to be heard every now and then, but for the most part, just let me explore, you know, kind of let me leave me to my devices and interact with me. And I'm okay. I don't want to feel forgotten about, you know, one of my wounds is actually I was so low maintenance that I was easy to overlook. I didn't want for much. I didn't ask for much. I didn't ask for anything. In either case, what I'm saying is, is that the baseline personality, I believe spiritually, I believe that the baseline personality is just a matter of conception, a matter of this is who you got. This is your starting point. And because of that starting point, this this little soul will be more sensitive to some experiences than others. Some people may be like, my dad never hugged me. And some people may be like, I don't remember caring. Right. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just giving you that. So that's, that's the, that's my biblical support. That's my biblical perspective on the baseline of personality. And I believe that the things that we go through after that, from that starting point, then the rest of our lenses come into play. So the reason why I am an observer is not because my parents or other people didn't interact with me enough when I was a child. The reason why I'm I'm an observer is because I was born an observer. I was always an observer. I always like to sit back and read the room. I always like to sit and take things in. I always like to sit and admire something for what it was, even if I didn't understand it. It was interesting to me for something to be put together this way or used in that manner, or communicated in this way. I just like to watch. I'm not a watcher because I didn't feel like I didn't belong. I do have a wound that is connected to belonging because I didn't know how to fit in. But I wasn't a, I didn't become an observer because of my wound and because of not fitting in. I was already an observer, which left me pre, predisposed to feelings of not feel not fitting in when it came time to come out of my shell and interact with other people. When I'm okay and I'm comfortable in my domain as an observer and someone intrudes into my space, I'm more sensitive to the intrusion than I would be otherwise. Because this is my baseline. This is my starting point. I like taking in the world this way. Then trauma, then negative experiences, or positive experiences begin to shape and either reinforce the things that I deduce or the conclusions that I come to, they begin to reinforce those things. Maybe someone gives me a thought and my lens goes, Hmm, I can see that. And it's skewed in my own way. And I take that to be fact, but maybe it's just something that I should have been more objective about, or maybe I give it more weight on the thought side And I don't weigh it enough on the emotional side. And so then I get used to weighing things more mentally than I do emotionally. 
Now, as a kid, I was I was an observer and I was very empathic. I was very sensitive as a kid. So I was a bit of both, but I still preferred to observe. I remember preferring to observe. I liked it. I still do. So I won't say it academically, but I'll say that I believe it spiritually that the baseline of who we are. I believe that we are quantum beings, by the way. I believe the soul is a result of some quantum scientific stuff that we haven't yet discovered. And um, yeah, I won't get into that in this particular episode, but I, I believe that it is quantum. I believe that consciousness itself is not a material thing. I believe that it is a, it is a, it is a, a d- dimensional thing. Uh, the baseline personality has certain sensitivities that as it goes through life, they, that begin to shape it. Sculpt it, mold it, the environment that it's in begins to either add to or take away from that baseline. And that's how you end up with the person that you get and that people will process through certain centers of information before they process other centers of information. And when you understand that about someone else, maybe you can give them time and more grace to catch up to you. If you are processing purely with the mind, you need to step outside of your mind after you've had your time to think about it. You need to step outside of your mind and you need to give feelings a chance and you need to allow yourself to feel a type of way that is reasonable. Not far fetched. It's reasonable to feel this way, even though this information is objective. You can allow yourself to give the other side of the scale more weight. The same thing goes for feelings. Now that you've had your time to feel. You've had your, your, your time for your emotions to materialize. You can slow down and you can process it, what happened again. And this time you can be more objective about it. I know how I feel about it, but now let me turn my, let me set my feelings aside and see if I can extract the facts from what they gave me. Okay, I can see that. And this allows you to balance the scales a bit more. And then you have your gut types who are already balancing the scales, um, but their scales result in a behavior or a lack of behavior. And we'll talk about that more in the future.